Let's get started. And I'm going to tell you, I've been holding this joke for, for a minute. For today. I knew this day was coming eventually. So I've been holding this joke. Now that is your warning when we get to the end to laugh. So we'll hit this before we get started. You'll appreciate this. It says, one Sunday morning, the pastor noticed little Alex standing in the foyer of the church staring up at a large plaque. It was covered with names and small American flags mounted on either side of it. That six-year-old had been staring at that plaque for some time. So the pastor walked up, stood beside the little boy and said, good morning, Alex. And he says, good morning, pastor. Still focused on that plaque. He said, pastor, what is this? The pastor replied, well, son, that's a memorial to all the young men and women who died in the service. Soberly, they just kind of stood there looking at it together. And finally, little Alex's voice was barely audible and trembling. And he said, which service, the nine or the 11? <laughs> Y'all did good. Y'all did good. Now, what, what makes that really hit home is that we actually had somebody try to leave us at a 10 o'clock service. So we did away with the 10 o'clock service. But we got him back. He's here this morning. I saw Mr. Kerry Black. So we said, no, we can't let you go. We need you in the 10 o'clock service. But uh, we got rid of that. In all my years, I've never had that. So it's the first time for everything. Uh, I want to talk to you this morning about Nehemiah. I love this story, and like so many in the Bible, that, that speak to me. And before I even get into this, there's probably 20 different ways you could go and uh, this is the, the path that I'm going this morning. But I want to talk to you about Nehemiah. And I'm going to start with chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. It says, Now it happened in the month of Chislof, in the 20th year, as I was in Susa, the citadel, that Hanani, one of my brothers, came with certain men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped, who had survived the exile, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, The remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. I want to talk to you this morning about home improvement. And before we do that, let's just pray. Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that I already feel your presence here this morning. And Father, I pray that as we look into your word, that you would speak to our hearts, that Father, you would change our lives, Lord, that you would do what you want to do in this place today. Thank you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, my sister... I have an older sister for you guys that don't know, and uh, she's about four years older than me, and I can remember as a kid that, and we, we were young, and you know, you still love your brother and sister when you're young, and I can remember this blood-curdling scream and this uh, really theatrics. Now, if you know my sister, which you probably don't, she's not like me at all. Um, I, I'm loud. Sometimes my face tells you how I feel. Uh, sometimes my voice tells you how I feel. She's not, she's opposite. She's always smiling. But as a child, she had this thing, and she could not take medicine. Y'all ever had a kid that couldn't take medicine? I've had a couple. And so my dad figured out this method. If I will put this aspirin in this Cairo syrup, I can get her to take this pill. Now, I'm telling you, when she threw a fit, if, if you've had a kid that does this, you know, they get that pill to about right there, and then everything comes out. It's nasty. Uh, and my sister did this. She would fall out on the floor. And again, not her totally opposite of her personality. I feel like this morning is, is like a baby aspirin with some K-Roll syrup. 
because what I'm sharing with you is it's not the deepest thing, but I have to tell you, I have to go back to this time and time again. It's something that I apply in my life when I feel like ah, my walls are not what they were. And uh, so when I think of that when I share with you this morning, that this is just maybe maintenance mode. So what you have this morning is Nehemiah, who was a cupbearer to the king. Uh, the Bible says that he had favor with the king. Nehemiah came from a good family, but there's been a great exile of Israelites from when the Babylonians uh, came in and took prisoners from Jerusalem. They were separated in these identifiable communities, so we can pick them out pretty easy. And then here comes Jeremiah the prophet. He says, look, I know things are bad, but we're only going to be here 70 years. So that's the good news, 70 years. But God's going to bring you back home, just not for 70 years. Ezra and Nehemiah come on the scene, and when these promises are starting to be fulfilled, the problem is Jeremiah has said, since we're going to be here for 70 years, you guys just settle down, you know, find some people, marry them, build some houses, settle in. And that's what they did. The problem is they began to marry people who were not Israelites, which in the Mosaic law, you couldn't do that. You, we don't mix tribes. You know, you're a Jew, you stay with a Jew. And uh, so it caused some problems. And what happens is when it gets time to go back, they're, they're good. They're comfortable. I put down here, they're, they're, they're comfortable in captivity. Uh, that would have been a great sermon title, right? Uh, but I didn't go with that when I went with Home Improvement. You're going to know why here in a second. Another empire rises up. The Persians come in and they take over. And now you've got King Cyrus, who's not a bad guy. Matter of fact, King Cyrus has a policy that conquered people can go back home. But because they have become so comfortable, they're like, ah, we're not interested. That's enough that we could go a whole day on that. Nehemiah 2.17 says, Then I said to them, You see the trouble that we are in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned? Come let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer shame. In the 90s, there was this TV show where I got the title of this sermon called Home Improvement. Now, my dad loved this show, which my dad didn't love many shows, but he loved this show. And you got Tim the Toolman Taylor. Y'all remember this? Yeah, this was before my time. I was just a mere baby. But um, that wasn't funny. Why'd y'all laugh? All right. I see what y'all doing. You got Tim, the tool man, Taylor. He loved the power tools, the sports, the cars. Remember he had this, yeah, you remember the growl. He was a man's man. I remember one of the episodes, they put like a V8 motor on a lawnmower. I mean, who don't want that? I mean, that makes sense to me. So he's very accidental prone. Uh, every time he does something, it is total chaos. And a few times I have been called Tim the Toolman Taylor because I can overestimate my abilities. Uh, that wasn't funny either. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure divine intervention could help me rebuild and come through on some of the promises I've made. But there are three things that I see for me today that, that, Nam, that Nehemiah did after the Lord laid Jerusalem on his heart. I think the first thing that I see is that he recognized that we've got a problem. He identified that we've got a problem. We have to recognize that we are not what we once were. I'm not what I should be. I'm not what I could be. You know, so many times you come to church, and, and I've been in church all my life. I don't, I don't have one of those dark uh, testimonies. It's just... I have gotten in some trouble, but it's because I was running and sliding on the pew and, and just, you know, talking in altar service, big no-no. Um, 
more, most of my trouble, if I got it when I got home, was about church. My mom used to do this thing. I shouldn't tell this. This is not my notes. She used to do this thing before you could go to jail for this. And uh, we would sit on the second row. And if I got to misbehaving, she would grab my ear. And she would twist that ear 15 different ways and just walk me down the aisle. All the way out the back, into the bathroom. And then borrow my belt. So, can't do that anymore. Um, Nehemiah, what's interesting to me about Nehemiah, he's never been to Judah. He's never seen it. He was, he was born in Babylon, but yet he has this passion. He has this desire. I can see him going back and forth in his mind to the walls that he grew up seeing in his mind's eye, this beautiful city set on a hill. But now his team comes back and says, that is not how it is. It's broken down. Uh, the gates are busted. Anybody can go in. Anybody can go out. We are not what we used to be. Nehemiah 1.4 says that Nehemiah fasted and he prayed, and he, he began to get a burden. What interests me so much is that he prayed and fasted for four months. He didn't just run out and do this like I do. I, I, I want to go Christmas. I want it now. I need this fixed now. I need it done now. I've got a burden. It's from the Lord, so i got to go do it. He waited patiently for four months, and his burden began to, uh, began to fester. His passion and determination began to form in his heart and in his life. God was calling him to something, and it was beginning to burn in him. God would use him to rebuild those walls. Nehemiah became so burdened with passion that uh, even the king began to notice his demeanor. Because he was a cupbearer, he sees the king every day, all day long. The king says to him, why is your face so sad, seeing that you are not sick? And this is nothing but sadness of the heart. And then he says, I was very much afraid. Now, what makes that interesting is when you're serving the king, you do things the king's way. And if you showed up with a sad face, they would just kill you. It's like, I'll take the next one. But because Nehemiah had favor with the king, the king actually cared, what's going on with your face? I have this problem. Yeah, pray for me. I see, that was funny. Y'all missed that one. Um, I understand what it's like to be disappointed, and I can't, you know, I can't, you know, I can't do that. So I, I relate with Nehemiah this morning. Um, I think it's funny that they would, they would kill you for not smiling while you're tasting wine just to make sure it didn't have poison in it. It's like, I need you to enjoy this. Uh, it's going to be fun. Some of you guys that don't, that don't you're not mourning people, y'all be dead. Y'all be dead. Taste my orange juice. Uh, nobody in my, we have zero morning people in my house, but it kind of works because everybody knows don't talk to anybody. So <laughs> he says in verse three, I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves lies in ruins? Its gates have been destroyed by fire. His passion is started. It just, it's consuming him. It's burning in him. It's really overwhelming him. Our desire to be right with God should consume us. Our desire to be closer to God should be a priority. We have to find ways to make changes. You gotta find ways to tweak things. There should be life hacks that we all are looking for so that we can be closer to God. This is something that has, has for me, has developed more and more over the years. I, have, I follow like 47 churches on Facebook and YouTube, and I don't do that because I'm spiritual. I do that because I'm human. I do that because I need those things speaking. Something's speaking to me every day. Something's going to talk to me. And I had to make a choice that is not fun. I would much rather listen 
And this, I'm, I'm going to step on you. I'd much rather listen to Morgan Wallen. <laughs> Morgan Wallen don't feed me, though. And what he does give me, now some of y'all laugh. I saw some of y'all at that concert. Um, <laughs> I was there witnessing. Um, <laughs> yes, I was. Uh, it doesn't feed my spirit. And me personally, I can feel it. I can feel when I've had enough. It's like, that's, that's not... I'd, I'd rather have that than this. And look, I'm not, I'm not getting on to you. Don't go throw away your, your CDs and stuff. Y'all, if you grew up in the 90s, you were in a youth group in the 90s, y'all ever have a burn party? We're gonna, we burn our cassettes and our CDs for Jesus? I'll be honest with you, I never gave up my, any of my CDs, my tapes. I should have. He finds himself, when Nehemiah goes to the king, he says, Look, I want to rebuild these walls. And the king says, what can I do for you? And he says, well, I'm, I'm going to have to leave. I want to rebuild the walls. And I also want you to authorize me to do it. So when I cross this border and that border and that border, I don't have any trouble. I show him the king has sent me. He says, when you are following God, he will use even your enemy to get you where you need to be. It's a 900-mile trip from where Nehemiah is to where he wants to be. Where I am at with God is not where I want to be. I'm not there yet. Here's the, the thing with, the, with, with God. And I thought about this a couple nights ago. I, my, my dad was teaching us how to swim. He pulled this trick. And I can, he threw us in. And it's like, man, don't drown. And, and so you would paddle. You know, paddle like a dog. So, okay, I got that. And then he, he'd pull this number. He'd start backing up. And I'm like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, oh, no, you can make it. You can make it. And, and he's, I'm paddling, you know, drinking water. And, and, you know, barely got my head up. And he keeps moving the mark. God moves my mark. He always does. He always does. We have to recognize those problem areas in our life. And we'd be like Nehemiah. Nehemiah shows us, you got to go all in. I just assume at church, I know we spent years. It seems like I grew up with, every time I went to church, I feel like they spanking my fingers with the ruler. And, and they, had a, they had a way to say it. Look, if you're here, you want to be here. And if you're here, I want to encourage you for this Christian life. I'm not here to step on you. That's the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit says, Chad, you can't listen to that. The Holy Spirit might not have told you that. But the Holy Spirit might have said something to you that he didn't say to me. And I'll give you an example of that in a minute. We have to return. And I like this because it's not enough to have a burden. But Nehemiah, he had to make a move. He had to do something. We, we got the want to, but now it's time to move. I had a friend several years ago. He, uh, he had gotten a brand new computer. And y'all, when it comes to electronics, I got issues. Uh, matter of fact, we were unboxing the speakers at the church this week, and I went just so I could smell it because they have a certain smell. If you know what I'm talking about, it's a thing. Uh, I went and saw that they're pretty. It's, they're all, they don't have any scratches on them yet. I go to this friend's house. This has been a long time ago. And we're unboxing this computer because this computer had just come out. Nobody I knew had one. We're setting that thing up in the kitchen. It's beautiful. We plug it in. It's, it's back when Macintosh used to sing to you when you turn them on. Ding, ding. It comes on. I'm like, I'm excited. It's really ridiculous. I mean, it's, I'm embarrassed of myself now. And we're, we're, watching, we're setting it up, turning it on for the first time, entering the information. And I hear this, the TV's on in the living room. And we're separated by a wall that's in the kitchen. And this, this theme song comes on. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear this. He says, turn the channel, turn the channel, turn the channel. And I'm like, 
like, dude, what is going on? So the wife comes running, literally, I'm not making this up. Wife comes running into the living room and just, that's when the TV, you could pull the knob, just pop, she just popped it. And it went off and I was like, bro, you good? He begins to tell me, he says, man, I'm struggling with a pornography addiction. And I'm, I'm done with it. I don't want to be addicted anymore. The theme song was Baywatch. Yeah. He's, I said, well, that's, that's Baywatch. That's not, that's not pornography. He said, I can't even hear the theme song. I can't. See, he made a move. This is my move. I'm willing to not. I, I know that I can't even hear that. We got to turn that off. So Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 11 He says, so I went to Jerusalem, and I was there three days. Then I arose in the night, I and a few men with me. And I told no one what my God had put on my heart to do for Jerusalem. There was no animal with me but the one in which I rode. Verse 17, then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in, how Jerusalem is in ruins with its gates burned? He says, come let us. Y'all say us. Us. Let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer shame. They identified the weak places. They prayed, they fasted, and they're about to rebuild these walls together. We have to be willing to identify these weak places in our lives before we can repair the weak places in our lives. Secular music is always a thing with me. It always has been. When, when I was a kid, uh, probably 12 years old, I, I was at church. This is confession day. I was at church. I'm always at church. Uh, and my sister still lives with us at this point, and we were having a little worship practice, and she was getting on my nerves. Like, she's, her personality is different than mine. And I called her an ugly word in, in front of everybody, and they all laughed. They thought it was hilarious. Now, it's probably not the ugly word that y'all are thinking. Shame on y'all. But for, for, for me to have said that in my house was big, no, 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 no. I won't go through the list of things we couldn't say. But uh, it, was a, it was a big no-no, and I got in trouble. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. My, my sister was my dad's favorite, and uh, it, it just did. My, my, I'm my mother's. It's just the way it is. Um, my family knows this. So probably some of y'all know it. <laughs> when I told her I was speaking, all I said was, Mom, I'm talking about home improvement. She says, oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> I said, I ain't telling you anything else. She said, you don't have to. That's that's my mom. Um, I, had this, I had this album. My dad did this a couple of times in my life. I called my sister this ugly word. And when I tell you I got it, I got it when I got home. She told on me. She always told on me. So this is my dad's normal there in my teenage years. When, when I would get in trouble, he would go digging in my music. And he found my Bon Jovi tape. Bon Jovi, New Jersey. That album, that album had that song, Bad Medicine, on it. I, see, y'all, y'all listen to the same stuff I was. That was wrong with us. The reason I know that so well is because I think I bought that tape about four or five times. Because he kept finding it and kept throwing it away. Look, I was proud of my music collection. Bobby's probably like this. Look, I had one of them. This, and when there was tapes, I had about two or three of these double tape holders. Oh, yeah. When, I, when we went to CDs, oh, man, you could flip it over. I had like 6,000 CDs in my car. Yeah. I was prepared. And uh, I got smart. I finally started hiding them better. Uh, but I'm telling you, me, me and John Bon Jovi, I've bought that album at least 
four times on tape and three times on CD. I, uh, my dad would put me in this uh, repair mood. He'd take my stuff from me. And that's where I find Nehemiah this morning. I find him in repair mode. He says, we've got this problem, but now we've got to fix it. You know, we've remodeled my wife. I see she's on the front row, so I've got to behave. We've, uh, we've remodeled, or maybe updated is a better word, but remodeled makes me feel like I'm HGTV certified. And uh, in some fashion, the last three or four houses we lived in, and uh, I've had Philip and Brandy Williams help me. They, they told, after, after we moved back home, they said, no more. That's the last time. Uh, I had Tyler Cook help me. He put a hole in my ceiling one time. And uh, I have never let him forget that. Uh, you know, we, we had a good time doing it. Or that's what I told him. And uh, here's what I do. I typically look at a house and I declare that I can do anything. I will, we, we drive around town all the time, drinking Diet Coke and listening to 80s music and uh, living it up, I'm telling y'all. We'll drive around West Monroe and we'll look at houses and I say, look, we could buy that house, I could do this, I could do that. And Casey, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Philip and Brandy were with us when we were moving to Rochester and we were, we were house shopping, we were looking at this house. And a lot of homes there are split level. So you, you walk in the front door and they got a place where you can put your shoes because you're not allowed to wear shoes in houses up there. And you gotta go up or you gotta go down. So split level's a thing, not my favorite, but it's a thing. And this house that we went to see had these uh, walls in the kitchen that didn't quite go up to the ceiling. Y'all remember that kind of a 90s thing where you know it was just the ceiling was higher than the walls and I don't know, it was a thing. And uh, we're looking at this house, the master bedroom was the bathroom wasn't in it. You didn't have like an ensuite. But there was a bathroom right beside it, and then there was another room. So I'm like, I got this. I, I can handle this. The floor, you walked in, this house, this particular house, you, you first you walked in, and then you walked up, and then you're in the kitchen, and then you walked up again to the living room. It was weird. And, uh, but it, it was kind of a tough time for us. So I tell Casey, look, I can fix this. I will take this bathroom, I will put it into this room, I will make this room a closet for you. You will have the biggest closet you've ever had. I can knock this wall down. I'm t I can raise this floor up. I can do all this. <laughs> I said all those things. This is a true story. I didn't make this up. Uh, said, look, we can replace these fixtures. Well, I, I mean, I can't do that. But uh, look, she's got, Casey's got this thing where, uh, where when I have crossed the line or I'm about to cross the line, she has this particular stance. I don't know if she learned it from Chuck Norris or what. But, but it's, uh, she got one foot in front of the other and she kind of got this one back here. And she kind of cocks her head back, you know. She looks at me like that and she did that day. She, I'm saying all this stuff, I can fix this, I can fix that. So she looks at me, she gives me that look and then she starts crying, which she doesn't ever do. I mean, she would, she would rather you cut her with a knife than cry, she don't cry. But she started crying and I'm like, oh, she doesn't she's crying because she know I can't fix this house <laughs> so as the head of the household I, I stood up kind of lift my shoulders up I looked at her then I looked at our realtor I said we're gonna have to go to the next house <laughs> we didn't buy that house I don't I didn't have what it took to repair that house but I'm telling you this morning the reason I tell you that is because God has given me what I need to repair this house I couldn't do that, but I can do this. You can do this. 
Not everyone is excited to see you growing. Not everybody's excited. I know it's hard to believe. Not everybody's excited. You buy a new house, not everybody's excited about it. Making moves, moving forward. And I, can I tell you, not everybody's excited about you moving further with Christ. They're not. It's, it's just the way I don't understand. It's just part of human nature. There were people in Jerusalem that weren't exiles. They had escaped the Babylonians, and they had been living in broken-down Jerusalem. But they rose up against Nehemiah. Can you imagine that? He's trying to do good for them. And they're just like, no, we're not interested. We don't want you doing that. But I love this. This is probably my favorite part of the story. Nehemiah has a plan for it. Uh, chapter 4, verse 13 says, So in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, in open places, I stationed the people by their clans with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And from that day on, verse 16, half of my servants worked on construction and half held the spears, the shields, and the bows. Verse 17 says, Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. Not everybody's going to be happy with your progress. Protect what the Lord has promised you. Everyone's carrying weapons while working on these walls, so the naysayers couldn't just attack them. I can't come at you if you got a shovel or a sword in your hand. Someone starts messing with you. This is my favorite part. I know things about you. You down at that church, wearing that little reed shirt, wearing that, uh, hell, lost another one, or the, the best is yet to come. Y'all probably don't have none of that, but when they come at you, this is my favorite line. If they knew what I knew. Y'all ever had, had that, somebody say that to you? If they knew what I knew, you down there raising your hands, they wouldn't let you raise your hands. Nehemiah shows us what to do. Nehemiah shows us that you can just knock them out in the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you can cut for Christ. You can slay them pray. I'm telling you, he shows you you can handle business. Y'all probably shouldn't do that. We don't have any bail money in the budget. So since they could not assault him, and this is, it's amazing to me that this is their tactic years and years and years ago. Since they couldn't attack him physically, they started running that mouth. And let me tell you something about that mouth. That mouth is stronger than any sword, than any axe, than any shovel. That mouth will kill you. That's why the Bible talks so much about the tongue, about bridling the tongue. And I don't care how seasoned you are. I don't care who you are, myself included. It is hard not to say what you think. It is hard not to say what you feel. When we speak death, we speak, oh, I know what's up. Oh, my goodness. It, it's, it's, not, it's not an easy thing. That's why the Lord encourages us all the time. I love cancel culture. That's so prevalent today. And that's what they're trying to do. We're going we're gonna to cancel Nehemiah. we got a name for everything now. We're just going to cancel Nehemiah. But let me tell you something this morning, and this is where I really want to be. Cancel culture was not an idea from the world. It wasn't TMZ's idea. It wasn't the Internet's idea. Cancel culture was originally God's idea. And what God cancels for us this morning is he cancels sin. He cancels sickness. He cancels diseases. He cancels addiction. This morning, cancel culture was God's idea. And let me tell you this morning that Nehemiah had an encounter with God and it changed him and it caused him to burn with passion. He was willing to travel 900 miles to a place he had never seen himself just in order to be obedient. The woman at the well had an encounter with Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood, she touched Jesus' garment herself. She didn't wait for someone. Don't let what somebody says or what somebody does keep you from getting what you need from the Lord this morning. I want the band to come on up. I'm almost done. 
Y'all can thank me for getting out early today. Um, what I love about the story, I got a few more things to tell you, but I want them to get ready because I want to I want to celebrate before we leave this morning. The wall was finished in 52 days. 52 days. And I had to look at that a couple of times. And what took years and years, at least 70 years, to fall apart, to break apart, to begin to decay, begin to die, only took 52 days to fix? That, that's, that's walls six and a half feet wide. That's 10 gates. That's, that's I mean... 52 days to fix all that? Um, and I'm telling you this morning, if you can survive the chatter, if you, you can be obedient to what God has told you to do, all the people that are clapping at you, they're going to recognize that you didn't do that in your own strength, that, they, that it is God. Verse uh, 15 and 16 says, so the wall was finished in 52 days, and when all of our enemies heard about it, all the nations around us were afraid and fell greatly in their own esteem, for they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of God. Let that miracle in your life, let the miracle in my life, let the miracle around us speak for itself. I don't care if you like it. I don't, and I don't, I don't mean to be ugly. I don't mean to be just cavalier about it. If you don't understand what the Lord has done for me, if you think I look dumb, I don't care. I I. I've gotten older. Maybe I did when I was younger. Maybe I cared a little bit. But I can't explain it to you. I can't explain. The only thing I can pray is that you'll experience the same thing that I've experienced. That you'll feel the same thing that I felt. That the Lord will do something for you like he's done for me. This morning, if I could encourage you with anything, that if God, if I have to go through this, if I've got to go through a rebuilding process, if I've got to go through a repair process, then Lord, get the glory out of all of it. Let people see that it was you. This morning, I don't want you to grow weary in well-doing. I don't want, if we've got to repair, let us repair together. If we've got to rebuild, let us rebuild it together. Nehemiah teaches us three things. And if you don't remember anything else I said today, these three things that Nehemiah teaches, be open to what God is saying. He says, pray fast, believe. And then he says, work together as a team to accomplish the vision. I'm either this morning in a position, I'm either going to be over here lifting my hands in worship or I'm going to be over there helping you lift your hands in worship. That's, that's the only two places I need to be this morning. As long as we are doing this life, this Christian life, as long as we're doing it together, we can make it. We will not fail. This morning when Satan comes and he starts pointing out all of your weak spots, I'm in repair. I'm in repair. As long as you're in repair, you're good. It's when you give up and you're like these people that came against Nehemiah. We like it how it is. God can't do anything with you. you. That's you holding his hand back. But if it doesn't matter where you're at this morning. If I'm in repair, I'm in God's will. This morning, greater is he. I want to I give you these. Uh, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Because we get down. We get down. I have, Look, don't, don't think that I don't have some of this stuff stored in my notes. And when I'm having a day, and I have those that I don't open those notes and I look at the promises of God and I say, oh, this is who you are. This is not how you feel. This is not what you think, but this is who you are. It says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. This morning, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar nation. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set every one of you apart. No weapon formed against you, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. 
every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This says the Lord owes you this. The Lord owes, that's, he, he said that, not me. The Lord owes you victory. The Lord owes you this morning. Their righteousness, my righteousness, your righteousness is from him today. You will rebuild these walls in your life. No enemy can stop you today. Now, before I say anything else, I want you to stand up on your feet. The Bible says it took Nehemiah 52 days to rebuild those walls. This morning, can I tell you that your breakthrough is coming quicker than you think? You think you're down, you think you're out, you think heaven has forgotten about you, but this morning your breakthrough is just around the corner. And today I wanna to declare, I know we're probably out a little too early, but I wanted to give us time to stand here and lift our hands toward heaven and declare over our situation, one more time to declare over what we're going through, that what you meant for evil, what you meant to confuse me, what you meant to get me off track, that, that God is going to turn this around for my good. I'm gonna grow out of this, I'm gonna be stronger from this, I'm gonna be better from this. God's not done with me. God's not done with you today. No matter what you're going through, He is greater. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. The enemy is not taking me out. I will not give him the satisfaction. No, sir, take your hands off. I'm a child of the king. He has promised me victory. He has promised me success. No matter what I face this morning, no matter what you face, come on, I want you to lift it up one more time.